What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? Man, we got a great show for you again this week. This one is extra special. Not only do we drink and review some delicious beers, and we go through some beer news, but the bulk of the show is our cold brew list, wherein Sorcerer Chromatic asked me who the top rap groups of all time are. And he has a list conducted by Rolling Stone. And then, you know, we weigh in on uh, what we think of their list and who got, who got snubbed, who should have been higher, who could have been a little bit lower. What's this group? I, I, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it. What this, what's this group doing on uh, this list? <laughs> and you'll just have to hear it. So if you love rap music, even half as much as you like me, you'll probably love this list. All right. So let's get to it. But first, don't forget to follow us on Untapped and Instagram. Search Cold Brew Podcast. So without further without further ado, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Well, good. Good. Uh, winding down the weekend. It's gonna be kind of weird because uh, I work and then I have the holiday off on Tuesday. Yeah, like most By of the us. time everyone heard this. Yeah. How do you feel about you know like not having that this Monday off? Is it fucking your shit up or eh, who cares? It is what it is. Um, it's like, eh. Yeah. It's like, you know, the whole, um, you know, it, it's cheesy. It sounds just, you know, I haven't done anything in the last, like, three years for 4th of July because of COVID, you know? Oh, that's true, yeah. I mean, it's that. not like uh, a glaring need. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it'd be more beneficial and more, like, uh, I guess, I would take the opportunity if it was a three-day weekend just flat out. Yeah, you know, I, I know, I know, I have friends that are taking tomorrow off as well and stuff. It's like I don't want to waste a vacation day doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know the or 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 calling it fake sick. You know yeah, doing the <laughs> I got a sore throat. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. I, I I mean, I've worked at my job for what like eighteen years now, and when Fourth of July uh, falls either on a Tuesday or Thursday, everyone wants like that three day weekend or the four day weekend. Um, I mean, so, but we we never get it, never get it, and I don't know why they thought it was gonna be different this year. Probably because of the COVID. I don't know, but yeah, we we just didn't get it, and so it is what it is, man. We get the one day, and then we get a, then we get one day off, and it's it's still a four day week, regardless. All right. But anyway, they need to regulate holidays. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice so everything's a three-day weekend. Or a four-day. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Four-day, yeah. Whatever. Float your boat. Three or four. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, let's get to the beer then. Sounds good. All right. Today, I have in front of me from our good friends at Ren House Brewing Company. Uh, they are out of Phoenix, Arizona, and they also have a production facility in um, uh, Prescott Valley, and I believe they're they're building a new tap room in Awatuki, which is a little bit further south. Um, this is in collaboration with Smog City from LA, and this is a West Coast Pale Ale called Electric Highway. I thought Electric Highway ran through uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um. Uh, just because, you know, they are the electric city. Ah, there you go. I heard that in a song. All <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, uh, let's see. They actually have their ABV now on the can, and it is 5.6 alcohol by volume. And I'll look this up, and when I... And I'll, I'll tell you what's in it um, after, uh, after you tell us what you have. So without further ado, Papa. I have from... Our friends up at Barrel Brothers, mm. uh, from uh, 
Windsor area, Sonoma County, California. I have their Matchlight Lager, the classic American barbecue lager. Hmm. All right. Um, so reading the, the the details. Light up with this classic American light lager and gather around the grill with your favorite food foods and friends. This brew is crisp and clean with a subtle maltiness and balanced hot profile, making it the perfect pairing for any grilling occasion. And then in a note, you could even spark your charcoal up with the strike anywhere patch on the side of the can. Oh, no shit. They got one. Yeah. And it's a 4.2 ABV. Now, um, Barrel Brothers 2, they kind of do a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, parody labels. And this looks like the match light uh, graphics. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, without any further ado, I thought it'd be uh, fitting to do this one for uh, for the holiday, considering a lot of people do. Do find a reason to grill, whether it's just uh, for their themselves or immediate uh, family or in larger parties. Um, so without any further ado, Papa. Real quick, too, I forgot. It's uh, 4.2% uh, ABV. So, uh, oh, light, light beer. Yeah, lighter. Dead Crusher status. That's correct. Uh, let's see. This is a uh, Smog City. Uh, I beg your pardon. It's not out of L.A. It's out of Torrance. California, but it has uh, oh, <laughs> uh, it's featuring HBC 586 hops from our friends at Yakima Chief. This one's really good, man. This one is an excellent um, pale ale and it's got a lot of flavor to it. You know, like, I, you know, I have a lot of IPAs is my preferred um, style and doubles, of course, because they even double up on the flavor and everything. But and then so when you go back down to like a like a single IPA or, you know, just standard IPA, you know, it just feels like there's a flavor drop off. And with this, even with pale ales, it's like almost a little bit more. And not not this one, man. This one's got a lot of hop flavor to it. I should say the hop flavor, not the uh, the malt flavor so much. But the hop flavor, this one is really good. It's uh, like stony and citrusy or citric and... Uh, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of pine in there, very like uh, um, reminiscent like a of a. Uh, oh shoot, what, what am I? What do I want to say? Like a, uh, mm, like just a. Uh, well, it is, it's a pale ale. I mean, it's a nice, clean, crisp pale ale. So that's what it, the crispiness. That's what I, the word I was looking for. But this one's really good. I like this one a lot. And at five point four, you can crush a lot of these. It wasn't Dirk Diggler from Torrance. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Eddie from Torrance. That would, I forgot his, his uh, Eddie was his, his shoot name. I forgot his his last name though. But yeah, Eddie from Torrance. <laughs> good, good fucking memory, dude. Good knowledge. Oh, I was uh, thinking of Boogie Nights because someone told me I look like Han Solo. <laughs> this week. And you just keep coming out with the good ones. All right. Oh shit! All right, man. So, how's your beer? How's your match light? Oh, this is super, super uh, crisp and light. Uh, easy, dude. I'm, I'm like chugging through half of this. Super light in color. Um, not too aromatic. Super balanced, crisp, clean. This is this is very crushable. Probably one of the most crushable beers. Seriously, if we started the show a little bit earlier, I'd be, I'd be running through these. You'd be on your third one by now. <laughs> All right. Well, we will rate these beers later during our untapped portion of the show. But right now, it's time for some beer news. First news story comes at us from For the Win. And this uh, comes out of Wisconsin. Here's the headline. University of Wisconsin wouldn't let J.J. Watt buy every graduate a beer when he was commencement speaker. Wisconsin is home to some of the best beer in the world. It's also starting point for some of the greatest football players in the NFL. So when University of Wisconsin asked former Badger All-American and future NFL Hall of Famer J.J. Watt to speak at the school's graduation ceremony in 2019... 
Yeah, I know. That's what I thought too. 2019 this is a couple years old, but I didn't hear about it till now. Uh, he made the logical decision to combine the two. Watts' big idea to make his commencement speech legendary was extremely Wisconsin one. He was going to buy a beer for everyone matriculating for every matriculating student at Cap Randall Stadium that afternoon. But not just any beer. New Glarus's Brewery famed uh, Spotted Cow Farmhouse Ale. But since Camp Randall is only known for housing drunk students and not making them that way and a bunch of legal issues, the university shot down the idea. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand. What? <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's a bad, yeah, it's a... Hey, what, what? Yeah. What if that university had one of those wonder kids who wasn't 21 yet when he graduated? Oh, yeah. You know, I just saw that headline. Some 12-year-old in, in California who got a university degree this year, right? Probably. I never, you know, there's those stories out there every now and then. Yeah. Or like, you know, you don't have to be 12, but, you know, what if you finish it like when you're 18, you know, or 19? Mm -hmm. Doogie Hauser. You know, even doing that, I mean, that's a great feat in itself. How come, you know, that's overlooked, but the 12-year-old's like the greatest thing ever, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, no shit. I mean, the the younger, the the the, the more um, the more newsworthy, I guess. But yeah, there's 18 year olds out there graduating from like like uh, hard universities too, like you know upper echelon universities, you know like MIT and um, Harvard and shit like that. And that's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just thought it was a, a cool story that JJ Watt wanted to buy everyone a beer, and not just any beer, but like a. A uh, craft beer and a pretty well popular one in that region of the, of the country. And I, I've been lucky enough to have a, a a spotted cow. It is really good. I didn't even know it was a farmhouse ale. I thought it was a pale ale, to be honest. That's news to me. Well, yeah, Nuclearis, uh they're, uh, I mean, they're a name that, that gets a lot of respect in yep. the beer community. Yeah. So, as far as I know, I mean, I don't get it out here. So, I mean, the fact that I know it and recognize it shows... A little bit of the cachet they got. Yep. Proof in point. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one, this next story is so stupid. <laughs> I can't believe people are doing this and it is right in time for summer. Uh, this comes for, to us from Indy 100. Uh, from the writer is a J a Kate Plummer. I almost said Jake Plummer, uh, but Kate Plummer. Experts warn against dangerous beer suntan trend. Experts have been speaking out about a new TikTok trend. Of course, it's a TikTok trend that is pretty dangerous. The trend sees people pour beer on themselves, claiming doing so helps them tan in the sun quickly. I was gonna say, are they using it like rubbing on their bodies to to get their uh, bake on? Yeah, the the one video I saw that is a uh, is a girl sitting like on on a dock, like uh, on a lake, um, and. Someone has like two beers and is pouring it down her back. Anyway, yeah, the um, and then she rubs it in and rubs it on all over herself. And surprise, surprise, it's not a good idea. Jason Goldberg, the director and tra of the travel company Spa Seekers, I don't know what makes him a uh, an expert, but he uh, she reached out to him. He said. Uh, there is science behind why beer can help us achieve a perfect tan with, with the hops in beer activating melanin, the substance in our bodies which is responsible for making our skin darker. However, if you were to replace using sunscreen for a can of holiday beer, you are leaving yourself vulnerable to the sun's exposure with no protection. Doing this can leave you at an increased risk of sunburn, heat stroke, or even sun poisoning in severe cases. So yeah, I just thought this was stupid. Someone does it on TikTok now. Everyone's doing it and they're getting sunburned. So dummies. What's what's uh what uh SPF do you like to use when you're out in the sun? Thirty. Thirty. That's it. No higher. Plus. I mean that pretty much. Um, see, here's my thing. So if you're gonna tan, tan even. That's right there. So yeah. um the uh so you're new the the. Yes, the uh, <laughs> the face cream, the face cream uh, um, that I use yeah. has an SPF of thirty in it, so I figured I might as well keep everything thirty. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, you know, but well, I don't know. You've been there. I mean, uh, 
you know, sometimes, well, like today I was out with my daughters and I was putting sunscreen on them. I'm like, my own, my own arms too while I'm out here, you know? Well, I, I mean, the, the damn bottle's in my hand already. I mean, what's the excuse? <laughs> and it, so, yeah, uh, it's good, uh, like, uh, you said an example. Right. Like but theirs is like a 50. Oh, okay. This is 50. But, you know, they're they're little and, and you know, they're out in like, you know, little tank tops and, you know, girls, uh, girls swimsuit shorts. Uh, you know, they show a lot of leg and stuff. So, you got to got to keep them covered yeah you're you're more uh clothed than they are because you're not uh in a kiddie pool oh yeah i don't have a swimsuit on to begin with yeah but yeah but even though you know my my swimsuits are like board shorts you know they're they're, they're long hey uh sometime this summer you have to recreate uh the homer simpson kiddie pool where he's in there eating a hot dog oh geez <laughs> do it for the show and a hot dog yeah. and a beer all right, uh, next next story. Uh, third and last story. Um, this comes to us from Axios, uh, care, uh, by way of um, Noticias del Mundo for Axios. Uh, Mexican beer makers are using bugs to supplement barley. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Mexican entrepreneurs are using crickets to supplement barley in beer. La Gria beer is being tested out in small batches in now tell me if I say if I'm saying this uh, state correctly um Querétaro Sounds about right. All right. Yeah, I I I think so. I think that's how it is cuz it does have the accent above the second e. Um by a local craft brewery and a company that makes gluten-free and bread products uh using insects. The creators wanted to prove that insects can become part of our diet even in drinks while maintaining taste, they told the news agency EFE. They found that pulverized crickets, when lightly toasted, have a very similar taste to barley and rye and began substituting them in the production of a malt porter beer. Uh, climate change has made barley less readily available because of drought and excessive heat, which impedes its growth. So that's something for you. Cricket beer. So yeah. Well, is good. it is it have good sustainability? Crickets, yeah, I think so. They probably live. I wonder if they use uh, young crickets or old crickets, or do they just let the crickets die? You know, of natural causes. These uh, questions need to be asked. Is Peter down there? Right. All right, that's that's all I have this week for the beer news. So you know what that means, right? I think I do. It's time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold brew list. As we As proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what give you need. need. Right, so let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite rap group? Ooh, a favorite rap group. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a... Well, it depends on my mood. It, it goes from like... I would say it revolves between three different uh, rap groups. So, yeah, I, I have a fa I have favorites. Well, um, Billboard magazine released uh, a list of the uh, 50 greatest rap groups. However, um, I don't know if we're going to do all 50. I think we'll start from 20. However, it is uh, a little bit of controversy, if you will. Oh, okay. Well, shit, man. They, they released, like, the greatest 20 singers of all time. And, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, I think oh, fuck, I fuck I forgot who it was. Uh, at, at, like in the top three, it's like no, this person's not in the top. They're they're nice, but no, they're not in the top three. Yeah, I forget, I'm trying to think. They're, like yeah, every now and then they'll they'll, they'll someone will do a list. Like no, Rolling Stone's famous for doing that, right? Doing a list and then yeah. like their top one will be someone like the Ramones or the Clash or some or, or <laughs> the, you know just someone the greatest rock band someone of that all no time. one else has. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. All right, so number twenty, yeah, UGK. Okay, all right. You know what UGK stands for? Uh, Underground Kings. Yes. Even though it should be UK, right? Yeah, true. But they don't want to. I think they oh, were just trying to disambiguate themselves from the United Kingdom. Um, yeah, <laughs> the thing about uh, UGK is Bun B. Um, he really likes to. To boast that his steering wheels are made out of wood, <laughs> like he's uh, he's always talking about gripping on the grain and <laughs> shit, shit like that. 
It's just funny. It's just what like is that is that really a flex? My faucet is mowing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. All right. I, I can see that. I you know in um I'd I'd have UGK in my top twenty. All right, top twenty. That's that's uh up there. Okay, uh, nineteen G uh-huh. unit. Yeah, I could see that. They they were short lived, but um, yeah. I mean, they were very influential when they came out. Definitely, they. I mean, obviously, Fifty Cent was you could the uh, the solo act that's the uh, the star of the show. However, the the other guys are pretty solid. Lloyd yeah. Banks is pretty solid. Um, Tony Ayo is pretty good. You know. Oh yeah, I was about to say Lloyd uh, Banks had you a, wanna, had a good a solo album. Yeah, I remember him. I'm not sure how you feel about the game being part of G Unit. Technically, he was. Oh yeah. In fact, I think that's what it stands for, right? The game unit. Nah, I'm just kidding. it wasn't called that. Oh, that I I heard it was called Gorilla Unit. I don't know if that's true or if yeah. that's racist. No, no, no. Okay. He even says it in the in the first song before or in uh, Wangsta. Oh really, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the song about Ja Rule. Yeah. Uh number eighteen. Uh three six mafia. Okay. You know what? Yeah, I, I do like that uh, in the top twenty because they're the only rap group to win an uh they're the first rap artist to win an Academy Award. Exactly. And um yeah, they had a lot of uh you know, I guess in Going even go back to UGK, is um, you know they're both southern groups obviously, mm-hmm. and, and the you know the, the um, the love they get from the south is like, I, I get it, I, I get it because of a uh, Bay Area rap. You know, right. there's a lot of Bay Area rappers that get a lot of love, but nationally, you might have heard of them, but yeah. on the big, on on the bigger scale, you haven't, or nor do you play them as much as you. You know, I go. I go out in public. I'm probably gonna hear Mac Dre somewhere. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that's <laughs> a good point. He's been, and he's been dead for like over ten years now. Easy, right? Uh, maybe even twenty. He died in two thousand, right? Around there, early two thousands. Nah. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm, I'd I'm... say ten for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not yeah, ten up front, but yeah. I mean, it's it's been a while. So that's just an example of like how, even though we know Three Six Mafia and the, they got the Academy Award, they're probably. You know, in a heavy rotation in in parts of the country, um, like Memphis, we're not at. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the the thing about uh, three six and UGK, and they they were around for years, like uh um, yeah. like early nineties and shit. And but we didn't hear about them till like two thousands. Again, going back to their uh, their hometown heroes, basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, and they they rose up and 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 came to national prominence in the two thousands. So. That just speaks to their uh, their prowess. Right. Uh, number 17, Cypress Hill. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. In the teens. I'm that's I'm good with that. They were, like, huge in the early 90s. In the Well, on the West Coast. I should say that on the West Coast. I don't know how they proliferated. Maybe not until, like, Insane in the Membrane, right? That's, like, kind of when they went national with the... Uh, um, the, the video and rap superstar and all that well, rap superstar was after that one yeah yeah but i mean that's like yeah. uh, that's when they became yeah national. i think blacks yeah yeah i think i think um what was their first album funky feel one uh, yeah then there's sec the second one black sunday i think that was one with insane in the in the brain right i think that's when um okay i think the first album was better personally i think it was better yeah. Uh, or I liked it more. Um, but I think everyone was waiting for them, and they they come out and they drop insane in the brain, and yeah, they're they're going crazy for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely the first so album they, they was, was a West Coast heavy album. Yeah, that was a banger. Um, number sixteen. I'm already gonna say it. I think this they should be higher. The Beastie Boys. Oh yeah, definitely higher. I think it, me and they're they're in my top ten. <laughs> okay, they're up a whole six spots. <laughs> but top ten is still is still pretty uh yeah. pretty. The, but I also have a bunch. Of, like you should see my my top nine. 
I made a list, mm. by the way. Okay. Um, number 15. Wait, wait, let, let's yeah. not sleep on the Beasties. Now, their first album okay. is, is is their seminal album, but it was mostly written by by uh, Rev Run from Run DMC. Right, right. right. They, they, they performed his raps well. Yeah, and then they 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 try to get or you know they try to get out of Def Jam. They they hated the the Simmons philosophy and they wanted to do their own thing. They came out with Paul's, Paul's Boutique. A lot of people love Paul's Boutique. Not not my favorite, but uh, then they came back th- with their own rap styles and Check Your Head and Ill Communication, Hello Nasty. Those three albums right there. Well, the singles that came out of those albums were were fucking prolific. Yeah, going from uh, License to uh, Paul's Boutique was was a huge change up and uh but when you learn more about it and like how how they learned to play the instruments on their songs so they could go perform them live mm-hmm. you, you kind of respect that oh you yeah because uh, i get it uh, a, a lot of uh a lot of musicians once it once they make it you know without a doubt you could look at the beastie boys and tell them after license and after their tour you know their their i don't know national tour or world tour or whatever like hey guys you made it and they're like yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, would you like to learn instruments? It's like, no. A few, we made it. You know? yeah, let's just <laughs> like, keep why? doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and then they built their own studio. Uh, I I heard an interview with them. They built their own studio and they put a skate park in it, and it was like this huge warehouse uh, down in L.A. in L.A. County somewhere. And uh, yeah, that's when they started like actually really enjoying creating music, and that was like I think the ill communication, hello nasty time. And they had the other ones. And they had the ones, other ones around that. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I, and I think they're super, super influential because they were the first like white group that was nationally prominent, and they just kept doing it. They just didn't fall off, you know. They were really about the music. Yeah, and the timing too. Like Def Jam was taking off. A lot of Def Jam acts were, were, were just hitting. You know, you said it too. Run DMC, LL. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a little cameo in the whole Crush Groove movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a terrible movie, but it's worth watching. Rest in peace, MCA. Yes, sir. Um, Number 15, Naughty by Nature. Oh, okay. See, I didn't have him on my list, and I was thinking about it, but, I mean, yeah, I guess Tretch is really, he's a really good rapper, and they did have more than just their OPP, you know, the hip, hip-hop array and... Jamboree, those are good songs. Yeah, they had they had some catchy songs, obviously Hip Hop Parade and um the the ghetto anthem one. Yeah, yeah. everything's gonna be all right. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tretch is a talent too. I, I I heard he wrote for a lot of people. I I heard he wrote for Easy E. Probably yeah. When Easy E uh, was 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 after uh, Dr. Dre left. His solo, yeah. Like you. Yeah, he he wrote a lot of for Easy. Did he Granted, write real motherfucking G's? No, I, I don't think he wrote that <laughs> I, one. I'm just I'm just messing with you. I think he wrote that only if you wanted one. Oh, okay. But still, I think his 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 catchy songs, his you know his radio jams, I think overshadowed the fact that he was a really talented rapper and writer. I get you that. Yeah. So okay, I'm not too I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset about any of these, but I do agree that Beastie should have been a little bit higher. Uh number 14, Fuji's. Okay, this I do have a problem with them being that high, especially over Beastie Boys. Cuz they only had what? Oh, two, yeah. two albums. Right. They had two albums and then one comp- like compilation album with Wyclef. Yeah. And I think Prize was on it. Just uh Yeah, it's uh an interesting group. Obviously, their score was was a, a huge album for them. Yep, uh, a lot of success um, with solo projects, um, except for Proz. In fact, you know Proz is like up on some federal charges for fraud. <laughs> oh shit! That American yeah. Express, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. No, but yeah, I mean Lauren Hill fucking just blew up, and then she decided to step out of the limelight. And then Wyclef was really good on his own too. With the, that, the Carnival album was really good. I love that. I still love. I'll I'll still play that whole album all the way through. It's a great concept yeah. album. Um, yeah, and then too, I mean, Wyclef produced. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the the Lauryn Hill album as well. So yeah, as a producer too. Yeah, he could do both. He can 
produce and and rap. Form, yeah. Number thirteen, Mob Deep. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mob Deep. Um, I only knew them uh, for a few albums or a couple albums, um, and of course the uh, didn't which one? Uh, Havoc died, right? Prodigy. Oh, Prodigy died. Okay, I thought yeah. Havoc did. Um, yeah, that, that was another group that that has been around like before we even knew who they were. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, they're good. Again, not great against I think Beasties is a little snub down there. Right, if yeah, you that's one of them. Yeah. You can even argue that Cypress is better than them. Yeah, with uh, as far as uh, total catalog and longevity and maybe even influence. Um, yeah. But, all right, anyway. Splitting hairs. Number 13. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious <laughs> They were influential, man, but they because they were like early. They were first. Yeah, I mean, uh definitely old school group. Uh yeah. group. Old school group. Uh Grandmaster Flash, huge, huge in the whole hip hop world. The Furious Five obviously is the group or the guys he rolled with. Mm-hmm. Um Grandmaster when being I think the, it, or, when, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was gonna say the oh, Grandmaster being I, like the DJ producer. He hardly ever rapped. I don't think he ever rapped, did he? No, as far as I know, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the when I hear like you know stuff that Grandmaster Flash did, it just like wow, you know, just the, these guys were the uh, the architects of this, or yeah. the you know the founders of this. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can't knock what they they did or didn't do just because no one else was really doing it. <laughs> right, they were pioneers. Hey, real quick, but I, I did see Grandmaster uh, Flash actually perform. He performed. He was on The Masked Singer. What was he? Yeah, so my daughter likes that show, so we watch it. Um, and yeah, he was on. He performed. I forgot what songs he sang, but then like at, when he got eliminated, every time, you know, the, the celebrity who gets eliminated, they reveal themselves and they say, well, oh, this is so great, and you know, my grandkids are watching, or my kids are watching, I did it for them, and it's totally different than what I'm normal. Anyway, um, and then and then they do perform one song at the end while the credits are rolling. Not Grandmaster, he pulled out the ones and twos, man, and started, <laughs> I think he did Good Times by Lashik, and he just started cutting on those. It was, it was pretty fucking cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. I have to look it up. All right, uh, go ahead. Next. Next up, uh, number 11, Migos. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, rest in peace. Uh, take off. Off or offset? No, take off. Take off is the one. Yeah. And his uncle Quavo, they were at that bowling alley. Well, Quavo's his uncle? I didn't realize it. Yeah. I thought they were just, uh, I thought they might have been cousins or friends. Oh, okay. Because they're Migos. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the Migos. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, you know, again, they kind of fall into that category where, the again, uh, a Southern act that's really been around but got exposure when they've been doing it for a while in, in regionally instead of mm-hmm. nationally. And uh, what you call it? I listened to that guy that interviews a lot of uh, rappers that that dj vlad yeah. vlad tv on youtube and yeah he was all over it because he um he he shamelessly says he had the first like in-depth interviews with the amigos before they got big which you know he has the uh the video to back it up and um you know a lot of people spoke on them and spoke well and somewhat you know they've been around for like 10 years and people forget that or don't even realize that 15 years and 2008 he, from my my research okay so even longer yeah more, more than 30 but what, what i want to say is um people don't like yeah in the last 13 years what group has come along that's been better than them right i agree i, I have them on my list that's why i knew it was 15 years because i wrote it down and they did a lot of mixtapes early on that was like when they got discovered yeah. mixtapes and um and they didn't really yeah. come into prominence with their, until their studio album, which was 2015. So, 
Yeah, and then like yeah, and then when Drake when Drake jumped on the Versace song, that's that's when they they blew up. Right. Yeah. Um. They, they they were on my on my top twenty list, and yeah, they're, they're the the youngest. I, I I guess I would say the youngest as far as you know, like when they formed and when they started rapping. Um, they're the youngest on my list, and yeah, they, they just kept uh, even. Individually, when they did their own thing, like Offset, Quavo, and Takeoff, they're really good, and they have some really good uh, collabs with people and features. All right, next. Well, here we go. The uh, the roots. Oh, I have them on. What what, what number are they on your list? Because I have them way high. They're number ten. Oh, okay. I have them a couple couple spots higher. Now, to be fair, they're not really a group. They're a legendary crew. <laughs> so, you would know. I know uh, you're all into the roots, man. More than me, anyway. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. If, too, I was looking up. Did you see how Juvenile did uh, the, the little table concert or whatever? The tiny desk concert or whatever? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Okay, yeah. That was all over social media. But I'm like... Did was that before the roots and uh, the Jimmy Fallon, you know, the 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 the, the first grade class instruments oh. songs, <laughs> which is different. I, I mean, it's different because I mean, there's like, you know, musicians with with real instruments with with backing up juvenile, but yeah, it just kind of like a different style of uh, of uh, of hip hop of doing like an acoustic set. Yeah. But yeah, check it out. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, like he does ha and you know just juvenile songs, but played at a, like a different format. Many freshes with them, and it's it's a it's a really cool show. I can't knock it. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, that's another thing. I mean, you look at this group. Yeah, it's the fact it's a it's a live band doing rap, but uh, I mean, Black Thought. I mean, you know, you can give him anyone's instrumental and he'll do a better song over it. You know. Yeah, he's that guy, a, that guy could flow. Yeah, oh. he's a, he's like a smoother Chuck D. With his with his right. oh. the way his uh, uh, his thought is and his patterns and his not patterns but his uh, um, his political consciousness. All that is fair to say, yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's 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 excellent. I've I've grown to love him. The the more you you've exposed me to the roots, and the more I, I delve into. I do. They have like fucking eleven albums. I, I tell you, I've not listened to every single Roots song, but a lot of the stuff that you brought to light. And it wasn't until you, um, I think you're the, you turned me on to them with uh, um, that Cody Chestnut feature song. Uh, what's it called? The Seed 2.0. Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's the one. That that's my favorite. I I, I don't. What what's your favorite Roots song? Because I know you're you're into their catalog more than me. Oh, um, I like that one. I like Thought at Work. That's another. It's mm. another. Um, I haven't heard that one. What'd you call? It? Oh, it's another catchy one. Okay. Um, then what they do? What they do is like the first one. Um, I um. I I remember the video for for them and um, just the, the way they did it. Um, they kind of spoofed um, um, hip hop videos at the time. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the other one I like? Um. It's playing in my head right now. Um, Some get your guns or something like that. Oh, guns are drawn. Yeah, guns, guns are, drawn. are drawn. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, you, but I'm, I'm you, thinking of. You told me that one. Oh, that's right. And 100 Dundee. I like that one. Oh, I remember you mentioned that one. I I don't know if I heard that one yet though. Yeah, and right. then um, you of course too like the the one of their their more uh, mainstream ones that you got me. Oh yeah, yeah, with Jill Scott or something like that in the background. Okay, so um, in the album, yeah, um, Erica Badu does it. Okay, but Jill Scott actually wrote it, and they have a live version with Jill Scott oh, that okay. she performs it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. All right. Well, you know, we're we're, we're expounding on the roots and. It's great now, but we should uh, keep going on with the list. Number six, uh, number nine, uh, a, a group we featured recently 
Um, but unfortunately, we had to because um, of the passing of Plug 2, True Goy the Dove, De La Soul. Oh, Rest yeah. yeah. R.A.P. You know, they're from that whole um, Native Tongues. Like, we got into it. They're from the Native Tongues, like, movement, party rap, um, kind of, like, artists that were going against what was selling in the, in the hardcore genre. Right. And, again, they were doing it a long time before they caught on, and they've been doing it a long time since. Mm-hmm. And and they just recently got, uh, we talked about it, they, they recently got into uh, streaming, and so now they are getting more well-known um, within the younger crowd, and... And that, uh, what's that song? One uh, would hope. <laughs> yeah, one would hope. Um, uh, shoot, what's it called? Um, Keeping the Faith. That's Am the I one that. No, no, the Keeping the Faith uh, from the, uh, I think it's from the De La Soul's Dead album. Man, that one's got that little whistle in it that's from Regulate by uh, Nate Dogg and Warren G. And uh, it, it, bugged, oh, okay. it bugged the hell out of me. I'm like, I know this fucking whistle. What the fuck is it? So I had to go to who sampled, and then I'm like, oh, that's right. Now I can't unhear it. And um, yeah, I just love that song. Every time uh, De La Soul comes up, I always go, ah, shit, I got to hear Keeping the Faith. I don't know what why, why why that song so far like removed from when it first came out that fucking resonates with me. But yeah, it's just, I love that song, man. But yeah, they have what, like nine albums. They've been, they're still together. It's not like they, they broke up. So they've been going, doing it for 35 years. Exactly. Next. Uh, number next. Or number next. Number eight is next with Salt and Pepper. Oh, okay. I I totally agree with that, man. They've been super influential and since like shoot, like some eighty five or some. Nineteen eighty five, eighty six. Again, probably it. longer. Just we didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Push It came out, I think, in 86, right? Sounds about right. Yeah. You know, yeah, the thing is, I guess for for me, for them, I've always just thought of them as good performers and stuff like that. I've never really broke down their raps or or even know if uh, how much production was done by others for their, you know, writing their songs mm. and whatnot. Good point. However, what what they uh, what they did for, for hip-hop at the time... Um, it was was needed and valuable in, right. the, in the in the big in the big picture. Yeah, and the, hot hot cool and vicious was their first album. That's what uh, Pusha came out on, which really cool. Like, I mean, as far as it it was a dance groove and it, it was a club banger at the time and made them famous. But I thought they really came into their own later on with uh, um, very necessary in like '93 when they came out with the. Uh, what a man! Oh no, not what a man! What's uh, what's the one that they did with uh, in Vogue? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that one, and then uh, none of your business. And I thought that was more like that was more socio um, political and very um, like the first one was fun, but this one was more of like uh, this is what they were. And the uh, talk about sex, I think that was on the album before, and that was an, also another important song too. So they did but a lot definitely. of good shit. Yeah. Moving on. Um, number seven, Eric B. and Rocky. I thought you said rap groups. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I, I agree. I, I love Eric B. I think he's like the, the original wordsmith. Uh, we talked about him before. I mean, I'm not Eric B. Uh, uh, Rakim. But they're not a rap group, man. I know. That's like saying me and Chikoni are a good basketball team. <laughs> right? You know how to pass it to him. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> obvious he's doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so that's kind of a... A uh, a non applicable entry in my in my eyes. Yeah, exactly. They should be left off the list, and everyone gets to move up one. All right, let's All right. move on. Now, if <laughs> go ahead. Now, if if this was a a, a list of the uh, of uh, top ten rap acts, 
then you know maybe they should be up the list a little bit more oh. too so yeah <laughs> that's a good point yeah that is a really good point because yeah um eric b was a really good uh dj right yeah i mean this is kind of yeah it, it's a it's a one-man group really mm-hmm. <laughs> right I mean, one man. yeah so just to reiterate yes uh, for this list, we don't see how Eric B and Rakim legitly um, are a group. Right. Even though there are groups of two on this list. Yeah. And but, they contribute differently. It's obviously, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, like Salt and Pepper, like we, we already talked about them. They're only two, but there was also DJ Spinderella. The, that's what made them the group. It was like two of those too. <laughs> no, yeah, the original Spinderella was replaced. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, yeah, I knew that. Okay, just like Cypress Hill is a, a two-man act, and then the DJ Mugs, he, even he was replaced. Was he? Yeah. Yep. And Mob D Mugs helped get on. Yeah, I know, but okay. they, they have some. Uh, they, they have Bobo now. Oh, really? Yep. I thought you meant there's another DJ in books. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. They just re- they replaced a the DJ, and whoever's a DJ is called DJ Monks. <laughs> it's like a character. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's keep going. Number six, Public Enemy. Ah, oh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's about right. As, as far as on the list, yeah, they are super influential and very, uh, um, they're still around and they're still fucking performing. Chuck D's still going out there, uh, throwing down the bars on stage. Uh, definitely, definitely very influential group. What was your favorite uh, album by them? Oh, Fear. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah, that, that one's just fucking amazing all the way through. And they got 15 they produced an album like during covid man they 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 put out two albums in 2020 huh? yeah <laughs> that's what i said too when i was when i was doing my research i'm like holy shit they're still making shit crazy good for them but yeah i mean like, they can't be they can't go uh we can't go right by them i mean they they were super influential they brought uh, politics into rap more so than any other group and the rhymes are good too. It's not like they, they were just out there, you know, talking about politics. They the rhymes were clever and great. The beats are good, and Flavor Flav was there for the, uh, the com- comic relief, if you will. Definitely. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, yeah, you know, the whole the whole fact that he's up there, especially yeah, the the um, the. Uh, the, the contrast to what Chick D was doing, and then you know you think he was just a you know and you know they call them the jester or, or you know I don't want to say a clown in a disrespectful way, but you thought it was funny. But when you really analyze what he was doing, it was it was genius. It was you know sub- I mean? it was subversive because you didn't realize what yeah. he was doing. Exactly. Yeah, and, and he did it well, and he knew his part, and he was like, fuck it, yeah, that's me. I'm going to do it. It's not like he uh, he resented it. He still doesn't resent it. He's, that's him. He's authentic. I think oh, that's yeah. what it is. He's authentic. And then, like, he even, like, knows that. He goes, you know, I'm the original hype man. You know, I'm the first hype man. You know, I'm the best hype man. You know, you could say a lot about that, but he, uh, he really, he really, the true definition of what the hype man is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a in a persona that is was very uh, w- was very key to the success of, of uh, oh for sure public enemy yep yeah. without him uh, pu- uh, public enemy would have been good but they just wouldn't have been as huge I think it wouldn't have been great it would have been accessible I think maybe that's what it is he he provides accessibility to the group that Chuck D to a level that Chuck D couldn't do. All right, now we can move on. For that one, number five, Run DMC. Ah, uh, like I would call Peace them. 
they were the original uh like uh superstars superstar groups a group of rap Excellent. yeah they were i think the, the whole collaboration with uh aerosmith really uh vaulted them into the the national spotlight and they were good ambassadors for rap because they were very uh um they were smart they were uh clever I, I, not clever but uh, um their raps are good their the raps are clever and they played off each other very well to a degree that like nowadays like the groups like migos they don't really i don't know of any of their songs where they like uh weave through each other's raps as much as run dmc did they just like migos would just do their own verses in their songs yeah i think that's that's like a lost art that um that groups evolved away from mm -hmm. you know but however you know um migos does that new style of hype man as well though too so it's kind of yeah. like that's because it's not their style however they they uh complement each each other in different ways but yeah the whole the whole um you know run dmc back and forth and then even like the three-man weave with with beastie boys doing it there the way they did too you know Oh yeah, that was total uh, Run DMC like, influence. Yeah, yeah, because they would either go like round and round or, or back and forth with the, with the, you know from this guy to that guy to that guy to this guy. You know. Yeah. And yeah, you don't see that. It would be nice if someone brought it back, like in earnest, not just like as a, a novelty uh, song. Exactly. That'd be cool. All right. Um, next. Uh, number four, Tribe Called Quest. Oh yeah, you just gave me the chills. I'm I'm glad they're in the top five. I, I fucking love Tribe Called Quest. I mean, they're what do you call it? Um, rest in peace, Fife. Yes, rest in peace, Fife. Um, yeah, the low end theory is like when that. That's when I I started listening to uh, Tribe, and uh, yeah, the, that whole album. That's another album I could just listen to all the way through, back backwards and forwards, and the the way that both. Fife and Q-Tip, their styles are different, but they blend so well together. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the whole the whole group dynamic with them. I mean, you know, the whole there was four of them. Okay, but two of them were were, were on the on the on the main stage, and yes, the each in their own right, good MCs together, great group. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the, uh, the the one thing I would say about Fife and Q-Tip, Q-Tip is like the suave Casanova. <laughs> Fife just wants to hit a raw dog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's their styles. I mean, and you can hear it too. Demons Furniture. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> that, that that song right there. That song is perfect. That, that's a great uh, point. Is that song right there? What's his name? Uh, five or yeah, five is just going at it like all nasty and everything, and uh, trying to like uh, you know throw his his game, and Q-Tip is throwing his game, but he's all like you know like the Casanova and the romantic and the, of the two anyway. He's still talking about sex, but still. Anyway, yeah, uh, rest in peace. And and their last album, um, it actually, I think it went number one. It went platinum. I thought it was good, not great. I thought Midnight Marauders was better. Um, Beats Rhymes Life was better. And, uh, yeah, it just didn't. But for some reason, everyone, I guess maybe everyone was just, they wanted one more Tribe album, and they gave it to us. And it was good. It was good. Anyway, all right, let's keep going. Um, number three, NWA. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Oh, nice. All right, they're in the top three. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean the original NWA, <laughs> not 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 the Chin Check NWA. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ice Cube, Easy E, MC Ren, DJ Yella, Arabian Prince. Are you into the yes. Arabian Prince years? I mean, they had the EP out before uh, Straight Outta Compton. Rendezvous. Yeah, oh. <laughs> but you know that that Straight Outta Compton album. Hello, Manes. <laughs> oh, that's right, huh? Um, if, if shit, and like, if you want an extension, DOC wrote like fucking everything on, on their um, 
the N Words for Life album. And the 100, 100 Miles and Running, too. He's, he's credited like almost every song, that EP. But no, the uh, that Straight Outta Compton album, man, the, the production value that, that Dr. Dre put into it was way above anything else that anyone was doing at the time. You go back to it, and it's just like amazing what he did with so very little like computers and all that. Um, because I think, it, and it was, I think it was until now anyway, uh, like back then it was very, uh, um, unknown because it was a gangster. It was a, a gangster album with a bunch of, um, explicit lyrics and definitely not mainstream. Definitely never heard on the radio yet. It was so powerful and influential. Um, I think not only with the lyrics and the style, but even the production value, because every everyone tried to everyone till then was just like a drum beat, and that was it, <laughs> and maybe like a, um, a, a what do you call it, a sample from a, from a, an old record, right? And that was about it. That's all they used to do. And and Dr. Dre just fucking turned that on its ear and and just went, he went ham with the production value, and I think that can't be overstated. Yeah, I mean, because like. Yeah, a lot of beats are sampled, and a lot of times it's a straight sample or with a small tweak. However, mm -hmm. he'll tweak a sample, and then he'll drop other samples in there to to kind of like just, you know, he's like a, a conductor with the orchestra. He's just like bringing in just hints of another of another song here or parts of another song there. And yeah, it yeah, it's way more it, it's way more in depth than than people realize. From a music standpoint, yep. And at the same time, everyone's just loving the the hardcore lyrics and and the raw uh, the raw talent and words that are just being uh, uh, said over them. Yeah, the the visceral feeling that the the songs Bingo. give you are just like just amazing. Yeah, Ice Cube was on uh, Joe Rogan because uh, he's a uh, he's doing a, a media blitz for to for that. Uh, Big three league, so. Um, oh yeah, I heard him. Yeah, I heard him on uh, Mark Marin too. Oh, okay, well, so yeah, you might hear a lot of the same stuff. Actually, not. I don't know, um, but it might be a might be worth listening to. Yeah, I I do want to listen to it on on Mark Marin. He was talking about um, how he met John Singleton and how he got into the, the acting game. The group itself, like the individuals in it, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Easy, all went out. And did their own solo thing, and they were influential with their solo acts too. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, even uh, Ice Cube kind of uh, hints at that too. Is like, um, even though they were, they weren't that far apart. You know, Easy E had the solo record first to kind of, uh, you know, get the buzz going with them, mm -hmm. and then, uh, and then they dropped their album, and you know, it just took off yeah. even more. And then, yeah, you got the Dr. Dre's catalog and Ice Cube catalog. And that's what separates them because they only had two studio albums from, um, like, the Fugees, who only had two studio albums. They're just more wildly influential. Yo, what the fuck are they yelling? Damn, that shit was dope. All right, let's keep going. Number two, the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, awesome. Fucking great. They're still around. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, O.D.B. There you go. <laughs> Dirt McGirt. One Man Army. Yeah. Ace on Unique. Russell Jones. <laughs> That's his real name, right? I believe so. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Wu-Tang. I mean... Big Baby Jesus. <laughs> Big Baby... Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, that Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Man, that one... That's just a such a huge album and that's another one too that uh like i was lauding dr dre for being such a great producer the rizza just did an excellent job with that uh, producing that album just doing shit that no one's ever done before yeah the way he yeah because um you know talk about sampling is one thing which he did he he sampled a bunch of old school music as well yeah but then just sampling in uh you know the other media you know and yes kung flu Kung Fu, Kung Fu uh, <laughs> Settle down Michael Scott Kung Fu Yeah Kung, Kung Fu Bites You know Or yeah. movie Movie Bites It just uh, Yeah it was It was kind of funny And then 
when um, you listen to their music, you, you hear the the influence where these you know these street guys from New York really love the the uh, the the culture of the uh, the kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dubbed over cheesy kung fu movies that they used to watch in their basements. Yep, and they took that and they put it in their in their songs, and it became you know it it worked for them. And so they, I don't know if. It, if I don't think they appropriated it though, because that was like what they felt and the way that they, uh, and yeah, it was just it didn't seem appropriate appropriation at the time. No, I, I get that. Uh, I was get to say I was to say yeah, it, and um, there was um, I mean, there's a lot of people into those movies. They yeah. just you know you 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 just basically watched them at your house that you rented them down from down the street because. They weren't in the in the movie houses no more. Yeah, or they used to play them like you know because like there was no cable back then. It was just you know straight TV and and they didn't know what to put on. So that sometimes they would just put it like that was like the S- Sunday afternoon movie of the week. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, Wu Tang and you know of course RZA, Method Man, ODB, and Ghostface all had. Great uh, solo acts, you know the other ones. The other ones put out albums like RZA. Even Raekwon had a pr- pretty good album. Um, you God, uh, Master Cuban Killer. Link. What? I said Cuban Link. Yeah, yeah, the Cuban Link album that was really good. But those that was the only one I, I maybe had a couple of them, but that was the only one I, I can remember. But yeah, there's they just kind of all. And then just to be like that many people in a group and be that successful, and then they all went out and did their own thing and be successful in their own right, it just it, it never happened. I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. All right. So, yeah. All right. What's next? Who's next? That leads us to number one on this list, which is none other than. Drumroll, please. Okay. Oh, Outcast, yeah, yeah. They, they, I, I can't hate on that. I, I wouldn't have number one, but I can't hate on that. They are definitely my top two. Let's put it that way. I have a lot of love and respect for Outcast. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have them number one. Um, you know, they two came at a time in rap when uh. You know, and Ice Cube even said this in the Rogan interview. It's like people were tired of the East Coast, West Coast stuff, and and people were dying for it for no reason. And uh, and it let people, it turned people to you know other hip hop artists, and, and that's when the South rose. And you know, uh, the other the the other people that um, Outkast were were with, you know, the uh, the the Dungeon Family. Mm-hmm. Right, the the goodie mob, all that. I mean, the, they like actually help push them. Uh, you know, they they realize who's who's doing it in the south, and, and it was outcast, and, and they were like, instead of trying to, you know, make beef or, or more battle rap, they they were like uh, some solidarity to an extent. Yep. Yeah, because they there's they've been around since '92. They're still you know they haven't broken up, so they're still doing it. Um. And out of all these, all the ones on this list, I would say um, Andre 3000 is, I, I consider him the best rapper out of any rapper in any of these groups on the list. Is his intelligence, his rhyming patterns, and his, um, his poetry are just second to none, in my opinion, than any other rappers in these groups on this list. Oh, maybe Rakim. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, well, maybe not Rakim, but at the same time, we we disqualified him, so he's off. He's off the list. So, so really, this is Billboard's top nineteen rap groups of all time. Well, actually, it's fifty. I just started at twenty. Oh, okay. So the forty-nine then. <laughs> Wonder how many other uh, uh, bogus groups they have on the list. If we if we were to go down further on the list, All right? Awesome, man. Um, who's in your top five? Oh, geez. Um, 
I'd have to do, of course, Wu-Tang Clan, NWA, um, Tribe, The Roots, probably Beastie. Oh, wow. They, you got them in the top? Okay. That's, I, I, I'm not going to hit on that. That's good. I like it. Uh, my top five, I have the root six, so there's right out there's six men on my on my team. But my top five in no particular order. Um, I'll I'll go in alphabetic order. A tribe called Quest, uh, NWA, Public Enemy. Oh, actually, I, I went out of order. Outcast, then Public Enemy, and then Wu Tang Clan. Those are my top five right there for rap groups of all time. Very cool, man. Good list. Awesome. Um. How's your beer treating you? Gone. Yeah, same here. Let's rate our beers and get out of here so we can go get some more beers. Sounds good. All right, so uh, you had... Uh, I remember it was Barrel Brothers. Barrel. Match Light Lager. Oh, match, that's, that's what it was. I was looking up Barrel Brothers. Match Light. There it is. Barrel Brothers Match light lager what would you like to rate this beer at well i'm gonna give it for the style it is uh i'm gonna give it a 375 oh okay very nice as an overall rating of three points oh we can't give it a 375 you gotta give it a 370 or 38 <laughs> cut we'll give it a 37 all right oh. 37 as an overall rating right now of three five, so we give the cold brew bump. What are your uh, notes on this? It's light, balanced, and crisp. Light, balanced, and crisp. Very nice. Save and check in. All right, so my beer is excellent. I think it's good. I I really enjoy this one. Um, I wish I had bought another one. Uh, this I give this one a four. I really like this by Renhouse, the Electric Highway, in collaboration with Smog City. Um, let me see here. Oh, I, why did I close the app? Here we go. Uh, Electric Highway. Oh, there's a group we didn't mention. The Michael Scott, uh, Dwight, Dwight Trout. <laughs> uh. Oh, it's an overall rating of 4.04. So I'm right there with everyone else. None of our friends have rated it right now. 4.04. Oops. 4. And I'm going to say it's a stony, citric, and like you, like yours, this one is crisp as well. And check in. All right. That's uh that's it for us today. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we like to wish you cheers. Till next time.